The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Ogbayani. Alongside Paul Brecht, I am Kule Ugbayani. Happy Aloha Friday! Woo! We had a good, as Paul put it, a little good appetizer last night to this Aloha Friday. Huge wins all across the basketball board for a lot of the teams that we cheer for, including, of course, the University of Hawaii, but also. Paul was over there uh, deeper in Manoa at HPU Sharks men's basketball as well. Another big win for Jesse Nakanishi and his squad. We'll talk about that coming up on the show. Of course, we'll get to a ton of Super Bowl talk. Take a look at the latest odds and give our predictions. Take a look at some of the prop bets, some of the other interesting storylines. NFL honors took place yesterday as well. So we'll get you all caught up with that including some surprises, not surprises, some head scratchers. But we will talk all about the NFL coming up in the second half of the show to take us in through the weekend and not just any weekend, but yes, Super Bowl weekend. I can't believe the big game is finally here. Nonetheless, we'll end off the show with a bunch of NFL Super Bowl talk. But first things first, because yesterday was just or last night was just so fabulous. We got to start off with our local sports sports. When it comes to college basketball, we'll get you caught up also with the uh, updates for the state tournaments and everything going on. Told you guys before, I'll be on a flight to Hilo right after this show to uh, catch up with all the baseball teams and the Big Island baseball bash happening at Wong Stadium in Hilo. And then tomorrow is the state uh, tournament for paddling inside Hilo Bay. So there's a lot going on. So. My mind's all over the place right now. But nonetheless, we are here. <laughs> yes, right. we are. Cool. Focus back in. <laughs> yeah, Paul is here just in time. <laughs> Ooh, right in the nick of time. Right. Focus, focus. Like I said, I feel like I totally feel like squirrel right now. My uh, ADD is kicking in where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is happening and this is happening and this is going on and all this stuff. But all right. Reel it back in, Kule. We will start with <laughs> basketball, and we will start with UH men's basketball, as I need to organize my thoughts in my brain. Uh, so, huge win by the Rainbow Warriors last night against UC San Diego in overtime, 94-86, to improve to 5-7. and seven. UC San Diego was and still is one of the top teams in the conference. They have now dropped to third, sitting at nine and three behind Irvine and UC Davis, who Hawaii plays UC Davis tomorrow. So another humongous game for the Rainbow Warriors. But Hawaii is sitting at five and seven. That's why they play the games. Ton of surprises in the game yesterday, including some stars of the game that were somewhat of these surprises, and that being Ryan Rapp. And Cody Williams uh, coming into the game and really just being, oh, I can't think of a better word, but they were somewhat of the surprise because they, especially in the first half, like I was texting our group text, like, 
what is going on? I mean, that's what you want to see. And we've been saying this on the show where, you know, on the women's team, and it's hard, right? Nice to see two players that really had their moment. Now, Justin McCoy did lead the Rainbow Warriors in scoring with 22 points, but Ryan Rapp uh, put up 13. And as we mentioned, Cody Williams also contributing 13 points and just being kind of that spark, both players being a spark for the Rainbow Warriors. And it was so awesome to see because, you know, we've been talking a lot about Ryan Rapp and him starting and them messing around with the starting lineup. He did get the start last night as well. And but finally, we're starting to see what the coaches have been seeing, what they've been telling us in practice, how Ryan Rapp's improving. He looks good in practice. He's getting better. And now we're like, oh, that's what we're seeing now. Oh, okay. This is why we should not question the coaches and their <laughs> decisions because clearly he looked amazing. They were not without Jovan McClanahan. He had a little bit of a shoulder soreness. Not We didn't get word yet if he's playing or not tomorrow. So he, nothing yeah. serious. It is not considered a long-term injury yeah. according to Coach Iran Gana at this moment in time, but they are still waiting on, on further results and so on before announcing any type of status for Saturday's game. So at this p- moment in time, Javon McClan- pardon me, Javon McClanahan is questionable against Davis. <laughs> Ooh, NFL talk, questionable. <laughs> and of course, we are without Morsec for the entire season. By the way, shout out to Morsec. I don't know who pointed this out. I think it was our friend Ben in his Instagram story. But if you guys saw it, if you were either watching on TV or saw it in the crowd, I'm pretty sure Morsec, and I know you don't know who this is, Paul, but Morsec was rocking a Frank Fossey shirt, which was pretty awesome. So he was he was a former mayor here who created like the bus system and everything. So he's pretty much the most beloved mayor, or at least in my time that I've been alive, that everyone always talks about Frank Fossey. But to see Morsec sporting the Frank Fossey, like the shirt with the shotgun and everything. I was like, wow, I didn't even notice that when I was there. But I just wanted, if you guys know what I'm talking about, that's pretty cool if that's what it was. But It goes along with kind of what Coach Gannat has always talked about with the yeah. program, though, about, you know, respecting the history of Hawaii and the people that you play for and so on and so forth. And that's more sec taking it to another <laughs> yeah. level of actually knowing the history or and actually having like a, a cool little show out like that i'm glad you shouted out more too because i saw him the other day i just went up and said hello and you know told him how sorry i was about the injury but how excited i am for when he gets back and he's just such a nice young man oh, like so it's nice. he is he is incredibly kind and one of one of the more positive and like good vibe mm-hmm. people so i'm glad he's also still around the team i know that sometimes with season ending injuries they can be a little bit isolating for players. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that he's still around and yeah. whatnot. Full knee brace. Looks like he had his surgery. Got a very tall, I guess, one crutch that is likely very taller. tall. Like the taller than me. <laughs> his crutches are taller than me. But anyways, before we uh, discuss more of the details of the game, here is a little bit of the post-game clip that features. You'll hear Justin McCoy first. And the other voice you'll hear uh, additionally is Ryan Rapp. Uh, just a hustle. Uh, I think when it gets late game like that, we're fortunate that Juan hit a three to put us in overtime, and then Rob hit a big shot to get us ahead. And, uh, you know, it's the little plays like that, that that help us win the games. And so I was just making sure I did my part like they did their part. So I was going through my head, basically just play hard. Well, too, Brian, it's a lot of pressure when you're that open and trying to hit a three, right? 
I mean, yeah, but when you're in the flow of the game like that, you don't really think about it. Um, the first one, I didn't really even see the ring. I kind of just threw it up there. And, um, <laughs> I, 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 just, I just based it off the crowd reaction, and I was like, oh, crap, I've got to get back on defense now. But I'm just so happy for our guys that we got that win. We needed a win like that just to grit it out. And uh, now we just got to focus on Davis. They're another top team, so we got to try to take care of home court. What was the conversation like, the news of Jovan being out and just kind of what you guys have discussed among yourselves here uh, the last couple of days getting ready for this one? Even, you know, your coach was feeling under the weather. That was a bit of an uncertainty, just all of that stuff. I would say it's, I mean, it's motivating because, you know, you want to win for them. Like, Jovan wants to be out there more than anybody. And so just going out there to play hard for him. But we knew he was kind of like a, a game time decision. Uh, we knew he, you know, had a little, a little bit of soreness in his shoulder and something going on. Um, so we just we just knew we had to play hard for him. Well, what about the surprise to seeing Ron there? It looked like Coach was also ailing today, right? Yeah, it was a it was a good sign uh, just to have everyone back. Cause like it's one thing to have people out and still present, and another thing to have them completely out and, and gone. And so you know having their presence there and, and all that was was big time. What can you guys say about what Cody gave you guys in the first half, especially for the game? I'm uh, so proud of him. Uh, he's, he's he's been itching to get his chance to play. And it just happened that Javon, we'd love to have Javon out there. He's our captain. He's such a such a great teammate for us. But Cody's been, he works so hard and he deserves every second he gets of it. So when he, when he went out like that and just gave it his all, that's all you can really ask for guys that uh, are waiting for their turn. I was in the same position at one point too. So that's all you can do is just go out and give it your best. And I'm just so, so happy for him. I thought tonight he was the spark as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, just like seeing him hoop early like that, and I'm like, all right, let's go. It's time to go. Yep. And so I feel like he kind of got me going as well. Looked like Noel broke out of that slump, which is good for him. But also, he played great on, uh, on Pope today, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he played amazing. I mean, first of all, he had 16-5. He, I mean, plus 10, so I mean, he's making, he's helping us win all over the place. But also, yeah, Pope, you know, averaging 20 a game, went 5 for 16, 0 for 6. Uh, you know, he's a good player. You know, he's going to miss shots, but I thought Noel, we did a fantastic job. That was that was huge. Yeah, another one. Noel Coleman did amazing. So it was really, I mean, you look at it, you have, what is this, two, four, five, six, six players in double digits. So everyone contributing on, like, the offense and the big thing, too. And EG said this at the end of the game as well, where one of the key stats, if you're going to look at the box score, is that they only had, quote-unquote, only, 10 turnovers where it looked like it was going to be a game that was going to get out of control because they had like six turnovers in the first half or something crazy like that or they were just trending in the absolute worst direction and then at the end of it you're like and including overtime you're like oh 10 that's actually not too bad one of the it's a very manageable number exactly and so and then UC San Diego were only able to score 10 points off of those turnovers I swear and I texted this to Paul them I'm like that basket on the side of the band was like hated us or something in the first half because we had quite a few shots that were just those in and out shots that you're like, dang, I really thought that was going in where it leaves their hand and you're like, oh, this is good. Oh, that's not good. So and, and, and I know there's obviously more to it and whatnot, but it just felt like one of those games like, is this so, is, like what is going on? And then. But then in the second half, when you see San Diego shooting on that basket, it was somewhat doing the same thing. So I'm like, all right, at least the basket's not discriminating against either team because it's doing the same thing to both sides. So I'm not sure what it was. I don't know if you guys noticed that too, but Hawaii Sting 
very much in the game the entire time. It felt like, well, they had that quick lead in the beginning, and then it felt like all UC San Diego, but Hawaii, to their part, just never went away kept this game the crowd you guys were awesome that everyone was getting engaged it was good to see all the cheering and it was good to see them close out the game right because yes just like how we we talk about hpu and jesse's squad where they seem to close out majority of these close games where on the hawaii side it always feels like we come up short and we come up with the bad end of the stick where oh, there we go we lost down the stretch or we lost in overtime and and to their and not to not necessarily because it's always their fault just sometimes that those teams just get those shots that always want to go in Basketball so is a funny sport, it's man. such a funny sport so it was nice it was nice for that crowd that was there to witness that where i hope it it brings the positive vibes back and i hope you guys are going to be there tomorrow as well again big game against uc davis another top team in the conference yeah those type of wins are really really important for just a vast majority of reasons. Obviously, the Bows don't think they're out of it even a little bit mm-hmm. when it comes to postseason positioning in the Big West tournament. And to be totally fair, they shouldn't think that way, especially considering how big of a win last night was. It kind of catapults them back up. And I, I wrote it in my recap. It changes the math a little bit where you know, I, I we've talked positive, Paul, about how big <laughs> a sweep this week would be. Well, to do that, you need to win the first game. And that's what they did last night. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned it. UC San Diego, they tried to run away a few different times. They, Coach Gannott gave them a lot of credit, their offense a lot of credit in the postgame. And despite that, down two key rotational players and arguably your spark plug. I mean, talk about a guy who, when you're in a rut, can go get you a bucket a lot of times is Javon. Last night, without him, Without your, you know, lead guard, captain, point guard, whatever. I know he's starting to come off the bench, but he's still playing starter minutes. Mm-hmm. They close out the game, like you mentioned. They, down the stretch, make the winning plays. I mean, Juan Munoz, what a step back. Three with 10 seconds left. Puts that in to send the game into overtime. And then from there, it, it, the Bows just turned it up another level. I mean, you saw Justin McCoy. While, it, yes, it was, uh, it matched his season and career high with 22 points. It was the defensive end of things mm-hmm. that really he stepped things up in that overtime period, got a stop on the baseline where player dribbles the ball off his foot, goes out of bounds, and now you're able to take a multi-score lead. And it's those type of wins that you feel you can build on going forward. It's a win against somebody who's at the top of the conference, a win against a team who has a winning conference record. It's an impressive win for a multitude of reasons. And it's something where if I'm a Hawaii men's basketball fan, I'm looking at this team and I'm like, oh, okay. Did we just figure something out? Yeah. Because they're, listen, we do need to figure out, a lot of time still. We do need to figure out just our defensive communication in the paint because it, there was yes. way too many times where I think at one point they did switch to like a 2-3 zone and like for a brief second, like one play. And, and then like. Their player was completely wide open. I think he ended up behind Justin. Like people lost track of him, and then it was just an easy inside play, and he just laid it up. So stuff like that. There were a lot. So UCSD scored 52 points in the paint. To put it in perspective, that's well, you're talking like UC Irvine numbers, where they have like size and length on that team. Where I think when we played Irvine, it was around 60, low 60s of points in the paint. And if you look over at like your Cal Poly's and Fullerton's it's usually around like 20 to 30 points in the paint so that's why that was the one thing when you looked at the players 
on UC San Diego, you would not imagine that it would be 52 points in the paint. So that was a little concerning for me defensively for the Bows, but nonetheless, we still scored more. Hey, Bows put up 48 points in the paint as well. So clearly both teams were kind of struggling to defend each other there. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. But hopefully that's something that they will look at and be able to tweak because there were too many times where I'm like, oh, how does like, why is nobody even like attempting to like where it was just too open? Like I get it. Sometimes you don't want to defend hard because they, the refs were getting a little whistle happy when it came to trying to defend the what do you call it? Like when they're backing into the player, basically. Oh, post ups, yeah. Well, dribbling with the ball, and I don't know, backing down, whatever. Yeah, you're backing, backing down. down. The post. There we go. Yeah. So that that was where, because there was one time, like I think it was Harry, where totally hands up and just body everything, and then got called for the foul. And I'm just like, well, is he supposed to just let him go to the basket? But yeah, eh, nonetheless, win is win. So both come a big out. Win at yeah, that. both come out on top. 94-86 in overtime nonetheless, but huge game. Got to continue this. You guys, I hope you guys are there. Please represent for me since I cannot be at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center tomorrow evening as they host UC Davis. Again, UC Davis is second in the conference, sitting at 10-2 and two, right behind UC Irvine. But here we go. Maybe this is the turn that we needed. Still a lot more games left for the Bows to turn around. All right, when we come back, we will talk a little Rainbow Wahine basketball and HPU basketball next on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. I heard, I saw on the Twitterverse that rehearsing was Usher. Lil John, as we anticipated. Duh. Alicia Keys. Hey now. My mom's going to be very excited about that. She loves Alicia Keys. I mean, I love Alicia Keys too, but that's exciting. I'm like, whoa, Alicia Keys. I don't want to get my hopes up too high because you never, you never know. know. But then again, it happens. everything's true on the internet. So, you know. True. That's, <laughs> that is a fact. Whatever you read on Twitter is obviously true. So, Especially we are going to. in today's AI generated <laughs> age. No, so, Alicia Keys fact. will be there because Twitter says so in the halftime show. But anyways, uh, getting back on track, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht on Wake Up in the Den. Uh, sticking with our basketball conversation, the Rainbow Wahine continuing their winning ways as they are 10-2 and in the Big West Conference. And at the top, uh, behind them is UC Irvine at 9-3 and and UC Santa Barbara and Cal Poly and UC Davis, who they play tomorrow, sitting at 8-4. and uh, But Hawaii beats UC San Diego on the road 64-52. And it's their fourth straight uh, match or that they won, uh, and it's their longest winning streak of the season. Lili Wahine Kapu hits a season-high four three-pointers and leads three UH players in double figures with 16 points. Deja Phillips finished with 11 points and eight rebounds. Imani Perez adds 10 points on five for seven shooting. And, of course, UH sweeps the season series with UCSD and never trailed in either game. So Rainbow again, Rainbow Wahine just continuing their winning ways. And they just, if you guys watched, I didn't get to watch the entire game, but for the parts that I did get to tune in, I mean, it's just, it just gets more, more and more beautiful. Like every single time. It's just 
beautiful basketball. It really, really is. And if you've been an avid listener of this show, you know we've been pushing for months that this is this team's nasty. They're in every way, shape, and form. They are complete, I would say, whether it's your guard spot out on the wing or down down low in the post. You have all different types of players and strength and size and length. Imani Perez at six foot four is a different type of six foot four than your Brooklyn mm-hmm. Rewers. Your Jackie David may not be six foot four, but she is more than happy to bang down low. Mm-hmm. She's somebody who can play at all three levels. You play one through five. You know, your guard depth, I mean, goodness gracious. We heard Jovi Lefotum probably won't return this year. Guess what? It doesn't even matter. Because well, they Ashley have Ashley Toms is like the only one. Well, leaving. and that's what I mean is like, oh no, Ashley Toms is graduating. We get to replace her, a, a really key member of this yeah. team, with a high-level redshirt sophomore because that's what Jovi will end up doing this year. You don't want to burn a year of eligibility just to play a couple of games and whatnot. But I, I mean, the guard Deja Phillips, Lily Wahine Kapu, you mentioned hitting a season-high four threes, and it, it's a team that. Now they are in a spot where they control their own destiny, mm-hmm. like fully control their own destiny. They're a full game up on the next best team in the conference. And from there, that's the type of place you want to be, especially, I mean, we talk a lot about Coach Charlie Wade and Coach Laura Beeman and how they're they're never quite satisfied. And that's kind of how they remain great. And this is this is probably the most satisfying position that they will find themselves in in that all right, now it's just on us. We look back into our own mirror, and if we take care of business, mm-hmm. we're going to run away with the Big West Conference regular season title on the way to, hopefully, another Big West tournament title. Ooh, can you imagine if we're just like thinking about them winning the Big West tournament again? And then, because since this would be a three-peat... You gotta bump Man. us up a seed, no, right? You gotta be bumped up a seed, and with, a few. with Hawaii being bumped up a seed, there is a better chance because they would play a lower seeded team. I mean, higher seeded than the Bows, but lower seeded in terms of the bigger picture. So it could be a very much more like competitive game, potential to have an upset. Anyways. But still got to take care of business. We're dreaming We're of t- March. dreaming too far ahead. I did want to go back to Jackie David because uh, you did bring her up on how she can do everything. And part of the game that I did watch was actually when Jackie hit a three. And I was like, whoa, where did that come, Jackie? So that's exactly how Paul was talking about where she can do just about everything. There's still, you know, she's still on the minutes restriction as to be expected coming off of an injury. But everyone can just contribute all facets of the game and of course you still have your usual Melani McBee who is still I mean she's had a couple of off games in a sense just in terms of we're used to her hitting multiple threes she hit one three yesterday but everyone is just so solid and still no Brooklyn Roars that is the craziest part and the scariest thing if you're an opponent of this Rainbow Wahine squad knowing that they do not have their solid player down low and I wouldn't put it past Coach Beeman where Brooklyn could probably play. She is she was finally out of the boot this past weekend, so that's always a good sign. So now it just becomes like, all right, we want to save her. So if we can save her, you might as well save her. Don't risk anything. She's going to be a key factor yeah. in really giving your team what they need to be complete to not only 
compete, potentially win in the Big West tournament. But also, as we mentioned, if they win, they get a better seed heading into the fine or Mount March Madness. And with Brooklyn in there, someone who played at that level at Michigan State prior to coming to Hawaii, you give yourself every chance to potentially win that first round game. Again, reeling it back, we're dreaming. Sorry, getting too yeah, ahead of myself. We're dreaming of March but already, that, that's I know. Just, they're so confident. Like, oh my gosh. It's hard not to when they roll like this, where everything seems to be clicking. And I, I do want to mention Kelsey Imai as well, because uh, one, we've mentioned what feels like every other rotation player, and that's our girl too. We love Kelsey. So uh, shout out to her as well. The, the, the entire team, night in and night out, and it's the the or the drum that we've continued to bang all season that night in and night out, it's everybody and anybody being the best player on the floor for the Rainbow Wahine, which makes them so incredibly dangerous all of the time. Actually, Kelsey had a nice little skip pass, <clears throat> excuse me, skip pass to Imani Perez when they were on like a mini breakaway. And it was just, but th- that kind of stuff, like so unselfish, love to see it. But at the same time, they'll each turn into their own dog <laughs> when they feel like they need to. So uh, you guys got to go out and watch. Don't, don't forget Beeman's next week, Saturday, Beeman's Big Bash. We want to see you for Thursday night too, though, but... Good we want to break the record over 4,000 uh, to be there for Beeman's Big Bash. Give her the biggest crowd that she's had so far in this career. And we're glad to see you guys there. Going to see you guys out tonight as the for men's volleyball. Pack the stand. Wear your whites. It's going to be crazy. Tomorrow, men's basketball. We got them right where we want them on the men's basketball side. Like they would just, We wanted to make the other you know teams in the conference think that we we're you know not that good and now we're turning it around and we're going to just win all our games from here on out there you go throwing it into the universe and then we're going to have a packed crowd for men's basketball again too but shout out to everyone that was in attendance last night because you guys were loud and i was getting a little crazy everyone's getting a little crazy that was the game that was a crazy game i'm just glad they could close out the game for everyone that was in attendance so whew, good vibes only going to continue the good vibes rolling and give you these scoops on what happened with Jesse Nakanishi and the HPU men's basketball squad last night. They having a huge win as well. We'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den. Peace up. Peace up. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. Yeah. Yeah, you. Let's get it. Yeah, you. <laughs> Let's get it. Yeah, you. H-N-L. Y-E-A-H. The letter U. H-N-L. On Instagram. Check them out. Uh, mahalo for their support throughout the sports season as we gift all of our um, OIA student-athletes the player of the game award and they get the nice pair of sunglasses and i'm staring at it right now really so. nice sunglasses yeah um but yeah Woo. i'm sorry i'm trying to reel my brain back in again i'm thinking about, <laughs> about those sunglasses i don't know the sunglasses but i'm thinking the sunglasses make me think of baseball and all the baseball action baseball. that i'm going to consume today and tomorrow finally i'm get, jealous i'm a finally, little jealous finally get to see hpu and shamanade face each other today i think their game is at two o'clock p.m so I land in Hilo at noon, so more than enough time to get situated and go watch some baseball. I'm going to take my mom to the baseball game. I know. You know, I don't think she's ever been to a live baseball game since she used to take me to, like, Cane Fires games 
back when I was little. Yeah, I don't know. It was your first baseball Get game. Get ready, Mom. Get ready, Mom. We're going to have some fun watching baseball and then paddling tomorrow. All <laughs> right. Uh, but sticking with our basketball discussions, HPU, we talked all about the double win by the UH men's and women's basketball teams. We got double win- wins by the HPU men's and women's basketball teams as well. The women beating Concordia Irvine 66-62. And then the men also beating Concordia Irvine Big win, 66-48. Before we let Paul kind of talk you through what happened in that game, here is what head coach Jesse Nakanishi had to say following the men's win. Here with HPU men's basketball head coach Jesse Nakanishi following the Sharks 66-48 home victory over Concordia Irvine. Coach, team got out to a big-time lead in the first half, went into halftime up 23 points. What was working so well in the opening half for you guys? Yeah, I mean, the identity of our team has been our defense, and that was the case in the first half as well. Holding a team to 17, and a good team for that matter, was really impressive. We, we got after it. Uh, and then on the offensive end, we are sharing it, we are moving it. It was probably our most complete half of the year. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, we didn't really follow that up in the second half as much as we wanted to and you know it got a little dicey and that's a credit to their team they play hard-nosed basketball they get in you um, pressure the ball well like we knew and we didn't quite handle that pressure in the second half but you know I think it was that eight minute media we really responded and went on a little run of our own might have been the 12 minute media but um, credit our guys They, they they responded you know, and it wasn't pretty basketball in the second half, that's for sure. It doesn't have to be pretty as long as it goes in the win column. You mentioned a little bit there that struggle to open up that second half. One, what was it that you saw from Concordia that kind of gave your guys some trouble? Was it any specific thing or was it more kind of a personal team, you know, look at ourselves first? And then conversely, what can you say about Melo Sanchez, the PacWest player of the week? He kind of comes out and at that media timeout that you're referring to, knocks down a deep triple and then mm-hmm. follows it up with a no-look pass to my Ducenich for, a, or pardon me, Matt Van Komen for a bucket to mm-hmm. go back up 17. How big was that for your team? Yeah, a couple of things, like I uh, alluded to a little bit earlier, is it's their, their ball pressure really took us out of our uh, offense a little bit, bringing the ball down. Um, give, give them credit. They, they heated the ball up a little bit, and uh, we struggled with it. Um, but we also weren't finishing. But, yes, Melo has been really clutch, and, you know, we're really looking to him to make big plays when we really need one and try to get him some touch through our offense and through sets. We try to get as many as look as we can for him. And now he's developing into a more complete player where he's, he had 10 rebounds tonight, which was awesome, and we need that from him. And then he's trying to find guys on top of that. And, you know, he's drawing two. He's drawing everybody's best defender. He's drawing um, a lot of ball pressure on him. So it's, you know, he's having to learn to get himself open. So he's cutting well without the ball. And his teammates are finding him. So, yeah, he's, it's been a pleasure to see his development, development, not just last year, but moving into this year and um, how he's growing his game. And then I got a little bit into it there early. My Ducenich also chipping in a pretty nice night, 15 points, nine rebounds from him. He's had a pretty nice scoring stretch, especially as you get into the second half of the PacWest schedule. Yeah. What have you seen from him that's allowed him to take that next jump that or to the next level? It's been more mindset than anything. It's like when he's good, we're good. Um, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of guys um, that can be any given night, but, you know, my really takes us over the top when he's aggressive when he's finishing strong at the rim when he's rebounding when he's defending and he's just he can be a stat sheet filler when he's playing his best basketball 
And then last question for you, Biola coming on up, uh, and obviously a really packed uh, PacWest standings right now uh, where any type of loss can, can set you back just as much as any type of win mm-hmm. can push you forward. How big is this upcoming Saturday for your guys? It's absolutely huge. I mean, we've got a daunting, not looking ahead, but you know, we've got a daunting four-game road trip against four of the top teams, including Concordia and Biola again in a, the next week. So um, this is our second and last home game. You really want to get some momentum going into that trip and getting a big win against Biola will be huge. Again, we're fighting for them for one of these top spots. Um, So it is a humongous game. So let's get Hawaii Sports Radio Network getting those people out and coming to support the Sharks. Thanks so much, Coach. All right, man. Yeah. Thanks for that little extra tad shout out there, Mr. Jesse Nakanishi. <laughs> <laughs> Huge win again for the Sharks, and they are third in the, the PacWest Conference standings behind, as you mentioned, Point Loma and RU, who are both at 10-4. and four. And then uh, HPU does play Point Loma on next week, Saturday, on the road. So, couple. Of, I mean, you still got to win the rest of your games from here on out, or you want to, of course, but... That's definitely one that's circled. They do play Biola tomorrow evening at 6.30 at the Shark Tank and then go on the road to play Point Loma, Concordia, Irvine. This is one of the long road trips that happens in the Pac West. So they'll be on the road to play Point Loma, Concordia, Irvine, Azusa Pacific, and Biola before they come back home at the end of the month and host Shamanad. But uh, just a few of your major points. Maybe not necessarily only last night's game, Paul, but also... Just in general, and from what you've seen, does this squad very much have a chance to compete come PacWest tournament time? Yeah, there. I I don't think there's any question left that this is an HPU men's basketball team that was severely underrated in the preseason poll. Um, selected to finish ninth out of eleven teams, Concordia Irvine was actually selected to finish last. Um, they are having a better season as well. So, by the way. Those preseason polls, they don't mean much. It's just coaches saying what <laughs> I mean, they think it's going to end HPU up being. Baseball, they were kind of on the bottom, and they're undefeated so far to start this season off. So. You heard on yesterday's Sharks Weekly, Shorty Jarnett Lono talking about how uh, being selected in the, the coaches poll, fifth in the coaches poll in the Pac West, uh, how that can be used as a little bit of motivation. And to be totally fair, that's kind of what you've seen from the men's side where they – they knew that they had the pieces together. And, I mean, what what more is there to say about the team and the resilience that they've had this year and the amount of stuff that they step up and step up and go through and uh, without getting into too much, like, obviously a, a bunch of injuries. Matt Van Komen has just recently returned after a mm-hmm. seven-game absence that's a big time loss when you lose your starting center and the Sharks didn't really skip a beat. Charlie Weber missed a good portion to start the season. Since then, he's received a PacWest Player of the Week award. And then last night, Diggy Winbush, four fouls, not not his best scoring game, but we've seen him as well. When it comes down to it, when the Sharks need a bucket, he's a guy you can trust with the ball in mm-hmm. his hands. And then lastly, it comes all down to Melo Sanchez. Melo Sanchez is a player who, he's he's gone through a couple of cold stretches this season. Yeah. And part of that is because other teams have really focused in and keyed in on him, which is a step up from last year where he was a freshman. He was a very talented freshman, but 
nonetheless, he still was not the main focus of other teams' scouting reports. This year, he has been that main focus a lot of times where other teams are trying to shut him down and take him out of his flow, his game, and to his credit, to the sophomore's credit, he's done a phenomenal job mm-hmm. adjusting and not letting that take him out of his game and still impacting on other areas where he had a double his first double double of the season last night, 16 points, 10 rebounds. That's something our Kyle Galdera talked about on a couple of broadcasts here on HSRN where Melo Sanchez is an underrated rebounder. And when you're captain, when you're leading scorer, is going out there and doing the little things, the dirty work. And, and that's both captains. My Ducenich, I'd be remiss not to mention how phenomenal he has been, especially He's so fun to in, watch. in the second half of the season. He's, I mean, the flying Slovenian is just, <laughs> he's athletic, bouncy, fun, tough. And that's just kind of what you can say about all of these guys. And uh, I mean, I, I mentioned it before, the resilience that they've showed throughout the season, whether it be injury, obviously dealing with uh, the passing of one of their teammates' dads Mm -hmm. in the middle of the season. That is, I mean, unfathomable. And they just keep going, and they keep winning. And it is a testament to the coaching staff, Coach Jesse Nakanishi, Pat Frost, Cam Flable, all of them, what they do and the preparation and time that they put in. But also it's really just a culmination of the culture that Nakanishi has wanted to grow, has continued to grow, and you see continuing to form into what is an elite Pac West program mm-hmm. once again. Because this is a team who, you mentioned it, they're sitting in third place right now, right? You play Biola, who is right there with you, and then you have a massive, massive West Coast trip coming up. Where if you can go three and one on that trip, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're talking about potentially grabbing that two seed I, I think the one seed might be out of reach because art U does have the two game um tiebreaker tie yeah. uh, of sorts over hpu yeah. but nonetheless you've put yourself in a really nice position going forward and i i said this to the coaches last night where if all the adversity you guys have faced this season hasn't taken you down yet at this point what is there that you look at that says, you know, why not us? Why can't we win the Pac West? And that's a far cry from last year. I'm sure it's funny because he's quite the soft spoken individual, Jesse Nakanishi is, but <laughs> he gets a little fiery. So I'm sure he's been telling his squad that and himself that, that, hey, we're very much in there. We're going to compete. Heck, at this point, they're very much set up where they could win. It's hard to beat it. I mean, imagine if it comes down to them and RU in the PacWest tournament. You know, it's hard to beat a team three times. And that second game was actually relatively close. So, and you have MVK back now. So, I mean, you don't put it past these HPU Sharks, but it, it must feel nice for this team. And again, shout out to Jesse Nakanishi for coming in. Even shout out to Ray Alvarado. You know, he came in way later on the women's side. That's why they're still way trying. Later. They're, they're still getting wins despite them having a lot of cards stacked against them because there was essentially no time for recruiting whatsoever. At least Jesse was here, was able to start the recruiting before he was even named head coach. So he had kind of that, that extra uh, time that added on to him in his recruiting 
But both squads, it seems like they're really turning around a corner, and it's nice to see the Sharks, especially on for, – for those of you who remember back in the day, too, HBO Men's Basketball was quite the show to watch, like, way back in the day. And a lot of people – this is back when they used to play, like, at the Blazedale, so that's how, like, back far in the memory bank that is. But – He's doing phenomenal things over there. And I know it's, it's tough because they play the same nights as UH. But if you guys, you know, hey, want to maybe check them out, then go ahead to the Shark Tank tomorrow. The games are the same time. So that's why it's kind of difficult if you're not going to UH. But maybe you can go half and half. I don't know. Shark Tank games start half an hour earlier there than UH so. men's basketball games for what it is worth. So if you do want to take in at least maybe the first half, you know, who knows? Who yeah. knows? Either way, please go out and support these programs, whether it's UH, HPU, all of these student athletes deserve your support. They work so incredibly hard. I'm glad you brought up Ray Alvarado and the women's basketball team as well because they write massive win for them as well, 66-62 last night to take down a Concordia-Irvine team that is also competing in the top half of the Pac West. while the Sharks might be a little too far out to kind of get into that top six, they do have an opportunity to really play spoiler to a lot of teams, and that's exactly what they did to the Golden Eagles last night. And like you said, Coach Alvarado came in super late, didn't really get a chance to recruit his players, mm -hmm. bring in people that fit his system. So it's it's a lot of the young women who decided, hey, I'm going to stay. And kudos to them for putting in a lot of work and trying to set this foundation going forward for a program that over the past few years has just been muddled in turmoil. Yeah. So uh, happy to see them pick up a big time win last night and another big time matchup for both squads on Saturday. Hopefully HPU can come out with a win. So our Jesse Nakanishi is happy uh, ahead of Super Bowl Sunday so that, uh, you know, those, those darn 49ers, <laughs> I know he's a Raiders fan and there's that, a little <laughs> bit of that Bay rivalry. You know, just in case the Niners end up winning, uh, who knows? Little, Yeah, this is a lot sweeter. But uh, we will have the broadcast of HPU versus Chaminade on Thursday, February 29th. I know it's a long time from now. Uh, before we switch over to our NFL discussion to close out the show, want to also make note, uh, speaking of Super Bowl Sunday, Shorty did mention this on Sharks Weekly yesterday, but... Unfortunately for them, they do play on Sunday. <laughs> the softball team does. Uh, they take on Josiah University of Japan in an exhibition game again Sunday during Super Bowl. But either way, good to be back for softball, getting back to it. They did go on the road to start their season, uh, coming back home one and three. But hey, that's why they play the games. And then they um, next week, Thursday, they have a bunch of games and they're home for quite a while. So we hope to see you guys at the Howard A. Okita softball field. We will bring you the action for the Saturday, February 24th game when softball takes on University of Hawaii Hilo going over to Manoa. Uh, the Rainbow Wahine also got their season started as well. However, they did fall to Nevada 10 to 2 in five inning so shortened run rule game uh so eh, bounce back it's okay but i mean baseball's here softball's here we're rocking and a rolling all right but last but definitely not least got to close out the show with some nfl and super bowl talk even though we only have like eight minutes to do so so hopefully we can cram this in here all right here we go. super bowl 
Let's start. Okay, we're going to give us a time limit. Let's spend only like four minutes, Paul, on the NFL honors thing real quick, just for the beautiful people so that (laughs) we can. So just to run through the list real quick, not too many surprises, but just a couple. uh, Most valuable player, no surprise, well-deserved the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, garnering 49 first place votes. The other first place vote, Josh Allen. Who's the Buffalo guy that voted for Josh Allen in the first place vote? Are you kidding me? But yeah, I'm like, mm, kind of funny. That's so funny. Like everyone else, like no one else except for one person. So in the voting, it was Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, and then Josh Allen was last, but still garnered that first place vote just because the way that this is tallied is based off of points for first, second, and third place votes. Offensive player of the year, another one that's not a surprise. 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey, who is kind of the fun bet that a lot of people have for Super Bowl MVP, just to put a little sprinkle on that for the odds. A defensive player of the year, Browns defensive end Miles Garrett, garnering 23 first place votes. TJ Watt was behind him with 19 first place votes. Offensive rookie of the year, another no-brainer, Texans quarterback CJ Stroud getting 48 first place votes. Right behind him with a couple of first place votes, which are is understandable. Puka Nakua, wide receiver for the LA Rams. Defensive rookie of the year, Texans defensive end Will Anderson Jr. Uh, this one was kind of a close race, actually. So Will Anderson Jr. getting 16 first place votes. Jalen Carter, 14. Uh, Kobe Turner with 14. The, ta- the total tally isn't that close, which I'll explain in just a second. Now, here is where it got a little quote-unquote controversial because of the point system uh so the comeback player of the year (laughs) for 2023 browns quarterback joe flacco so no not damar hamlin the guy that literally did come back to life he finished in second with 21 first place votes but total points so this is the part right joe flacco gets 13 first place votes 26 second place and eight third place votes Damar Hamlin had 21 first place votes, seven second place votes, and 14 third place votes. So if you tally it with the point system that they use, which is five through one, Joe Flacco had more points with 151 to Damar Hamlin's 140. So Joe Flacco wins the comeback player of the year. Again, the shock heard around the NFL. I was really angry about that one, to be honest. I know. I'm just angry because of the point system-wise. That That's the part where it messed it up because, I mean, we had this conversation before. I, I like I would be understanding of any player that won, but just the way that the point system kind of messed this up where DeMar Hamlin got more first-place votes than Joe Flacco, but then because of the points, it just flip-flopped. That, that's the part that bothers me. There's a lot that bothers me with it. One, Joe Flacco didn't come back from anything. Joe Flacco came back from the a bench. bad a bad year. Like, sure, I'll take that. And that's why I I don't want this to come off as like I have an issue with Flacco or anything like that. Flacco deserved an award for the way that he played this year. I think comeback player of the year is different. You have a guy who literally died and then took a snap in an NFL game the next year. And he recorded a tackle. He did. But I just just basic enough to to record a, a snap. That's what comeback player of the year. I would say Joe Flacco was the most improved from last year because to me, a most improved player is a step up from one year to the next. 
comeback is coming back from something, which is the same reason why I was frustrated Brees Hall didn't get any type of recognition in the finalists because he had a 1,500-yard from scrimmage year as third most of basically anyone (laughs) off of a torn ACL. And that's like coming back from injury, coming back from dying on the field. To me, that's the bigger thing. Otherwise, for the most part, everything else, like you said, Lamar Jackson, duh. Yeah. CMAC, duh. Miles, I thought that was dud. I know TJ Watt was not very pleased with it, but whatever. And then CJ Stroud and Will Anderson, the Texans stealing the Jets' entire flow, bar for bar, <laughs> word for word, to hire the defensive coordinator for the 49ers only to then win offensive and defensive rookie of the year. And then you have Kevin Stefanski, who got coach of the year for the Browns. I mean, but, to be yeah. fair, the, the Browns had the corpse of a roster. Yeah. This the, one was the really The Browns close. made the playoffs with Jets' type of injury luck, and that's why I respect Stefanski. So this one, so speaking of the voting before we switch it up again, so this was actually a tie between Kevin Stefanski and D'Amico Ryans for the Texans. But so they point system wise, they both finished with 165 points. But Kevin Stefanski had one more first place vote than D'Amico Ryans. So he, Kevin Stefanski, won coach of the year. That's how voting should work. Take notes. Comeback player <laughs> of the year award voters. All right. So anyways, but that is that. I know, I know, I know. know. (laughs) I thought about starting with it, but you know, we wanted to give our local sports some love because all the all the the national all the national stuff is talking about the Super Bowl, anyways. And I know on our national programming with Vison, they are a lot more have a lot more expertise on certain subjects than Paul and I do. So I'm sure you guys have been listening intently for their advice, wink, wink, on certain yes. situations, on how to look at the game and how to make your game more enjoyable. But before we wrap up the NFL honor part, I wouldn't do myself any justice if I did not shout out Julius Peppers and Devin Hester Woo! making it into the class of 2024 with the Hall of Fame. Woo! This comes a year after the Jets had to uh, <laughs> induct or inductees as well, so I'm really happy for you, my friend. Woo! All right, Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, as it sits right now, live odds, odds via, via BetMGM. Chiefs still getting the two points. I did get a chance to talk to our Kyle Galdera last night, uh, who was at the men's basketball game. And I feel like we're all going with the same direction. And now I'm like, ooh, do I fade, though? Now do I fade the majority? Because we had Steve Urihara yesterday that said he would go with the Chiefs. We had Darnell Arsenal saying the Chiefs. Uh, and it seems like a lot of Chiefs, even though the Niners are the two-point favorite. But you know what? If the Chiefs are getting points, I got to get the Chiefs in the points, man. Like, Patrick Mahomes getting points. Like, what? what? I agree. <sighs> I totally agree. And I hear you out. Unfortunately, I will be taking the 49ers. <laughs> I think. What was it that Dan Lanning said? This Their Cinderella story ends now. Ooh. I like if... I mean, if you're telling me just straight up 100%, no points involved, I'm going to have to go with the Niners. I think they're going to squeak it out as well. And I have to go with my future pick that I had on the Super True. Bowl with the 49ers winning. And I'm sure, oh, I just remember too, how I said Shorty and the HP softball team has a game on Sunday. Shorty's a big 49ers <laughs> fan, so I'm sure she needs to try to not stay distracted. But we hope you guys have a fabulous weekend. For Paul Brecht, I'm Kuule Ugbayani. Two-hour show on Monday. Mahalo for listening. Bye.